You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 180, The Art of Mastering Your Next Self-Tape Audition. Let's get started. My name is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me for more tips on the actor lifestyle at Actor Aesthetic or my personal profile at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now, please, let's get on to the show. If you've been listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast for some time, you know that Maggie loves a self-tape audition, and she talks about it a lot on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Why is that? Why are self-tapes so important? Why have I become blue in the face with talking about how to master the self-tape? It's because I would say, you know, in my professional career from 2020 on, I have done about 80% self-tape auditions, 20% in-person auditions. Now, that's absolutely nuts. And it'll probably get a little bit more like 60-40 in the coming years. But here's what I can say with confidence. Most of my auditions have been self-tapes. Most of my auditions have been self-tapes. And I am out here in the grind of things in the professional world in New York City doing self-tapes most of the time. I don't know how many times I can say it, but it's like just become a, a, a way of life now where, you know, I look back at my Actors Access profile, which if you don't know what Actors Access is, I'm sure I have several episodes on that. If you just search Actor Aesthetic Actors Access, yes, that's a mouthful. Thank you for the alliteration. Actors Access is just a platform that actors can use. It's it's almost like a, um, you know, like a job board for actors. And you can submit directly to productions and casting directors and creative teams through Actors Access. I went back and looked at my self-tape auditions that I've submitted through Actors Access. You can submit something known as an eco-cast self-tape, which is something that is requested from the creative team or casting director that's casting a particular show, and they go out and ask several actors who've submitted themselves directly to the show for a video audition or an eco-cast through Actors Access. And... I've had a profile on Actors Access, like my own personal profile on Actors Access since 2016. And I would say the majority of the auditions that I've ever done through Actors Access have been from 2020 on. Um, I had just a handful between 2016 and 2020. And some of that is because I was still in school and I was also, once I graduated, I was still finding my way and building my my own brand and my own presence. But then something really changed in 2020. Of course, the pandemic happened. And when production started opening back up, 
the rules changed for auditions. Auditions were not as accessible. You couldn't really go in person much anymore. And if you did, it was later on in the process. You still had to wear a mask. And then eventually, once those rules were lifted, even still, people were asking for self-tapes. Casting directors were asking for self-tapes for initial rounds of auditions. They weren't doing in-person auditions until the callbacks or until the final round of auditions or even sometimes never. They were only casting based off of self-tapes. And that's why I think so much of what I've done over the past three years have been self-tapes when it comes to auditions because they're just a little bit easier. Now, some people argue who exactly are they easier for, and that's an entirely different story. Because as a singer first, I'm not having to dance a whole lot in my auditions, just occasionally for my self-tapes. And when I do have to uh, dance for my self-tapes, I can find space in my backyard or in the storage room. But uh, if I were dancing heavily, I would want to, you know, I'd have to rent out a studio or rent out space. And that's, that's time consuming and that's expensive. So I can't speak on that. But what I can say is, is that when it comes to being a singer and actor and I have to do a lot of self-tapes just against my wall at home, they're quite easy and they're actually easier for me because they're less time consuming. I don't have to travel into the city to do my audition. I don't have to waste time waiting around to audition. I can just sing my stuff, do my, my material and then send it in. So if you're new to this world, maybe you're just now graduating, maybe you're just now starting to pursue this professionally, you are going to be in for a very rude awakening if you're not used to the art of the self-tape. So I'm going to help you with that today. And before we dive into the logistics of how to make your self-tape look good, sound good, and perform well amongst a creative team who's watching it, I just want you to know that like the basics are okay, you know? You don't need to go out and buy expensive equipment, an expensive microphone, an expensive camera, or an expensive backdrop. You can literally just stand by your wall with decent lighting, natural lighting, even if that. Video record yourself with your iPhone or your Android. Cut it to make sure that it's only the material that was requested of you and then send it in. Like that's literally all you need to do if you want to just strip it down to the basics. So don't fret if you don't have all of the fancy things and equipment and microphones and you don't need that. You you literally don't need that. However, I'll tell you what has worked for me over the years. I've tried it all. I have tried ring lights and lamps and backdrops and no backdrops and white backgrounds and gray backgrounds and blue backgrounds and green backgrounds. <laughs> I've tried singing in my bathroom. I've tried singing in the kitchen and I've tried singing in my bedroom. I've tried it all. There are a lot of different ways to get this right. There are a lot of different ways to feel good about the stuff that you're submitting. So First and foremost, it's really important to understand how exactly you might be requested of a self-tape. So you might see online that there is an open call for whatever you're looking for. Maybe it's an open call for Mean Girls or for Beetlejuice, and they're asking of you a 16-bar cut of a song. So what do you do? 
Well, you go into your audition book. You see if there's any material that might be right for the show, if they're not giving you material already from the show. And you see if you have an accompaniment track for that song. If you don't have a track, you can ask a friend to play it for you and record it for you. You can hire an accompanist to do it for you live. You can ask your music teacher to record it or your voice teacher to record it if they play piano. Or you can go to YouTube and see if there are any instrumental versions of the song. Now, I would prefer to find the piano instrumental version of your song or your audition cut just because it's the stripped down version. It's the most stripped down and it'll be easiest to hear your voice against it in a video recording. Or you can go to sites like Piano Tracks and pay for the audition accompaniment. Um, A lot of those types of services will have cuts for you already made, which is really great if you're looking for a specific cut or a shorter cut of a well-known musical theater song. They'll usually have them already written out and played out for you, so that's really nice. But you never really want to sing a cappella unless it's asked of you. This is not American Idol, so you never really want to do anything a cappella. If you have been reached out to, maybe someone reached out to your agent or you sent your headshot and resume somewhere and then the casting director got back to you and asked you to record a specific song and they give you the sheet music to it, chances are they have also given you the instrumental version with it so that you can record that. Very, very rarely have I received material for a show and not gotten the instrumental track to go with it so I can uh, record it alongside me singing. Like very rarely have I not gotten the piano track to go with it and record it. Okay, so you learned your material, whether it's your own material or it's the material that was requested of you. What do you do next? Well, this is what I'll do. So I've learned the material. I've memorized the words, which is really important because if it's a shortcut You have enough time. Chances are you have enough time to memorize the lyrics, especially if it's a shortcut of a song and you don't want to be looking down too much. And, you know, it's easier to, at least for me, and I'm the worst person in the world to memorize material. (laughs) But I can tell you it's a lot easier to learn uh, and memorize music than it is to uh, memorize just dialogue or a monologue. So if you can, Definitely memorize that music because it it's not so great on the other end when you're watching a self-tape and a person constantly keeps looking down at their sheet music and you lose their eyesight. Not great. It really takes you out of the performance as the viewer. Once you've learned the material, you really just want to pick a spot that has A, decent acoustics, decent sound, and B, decent lighting. If you're in a new space that you're not used to self-taping in, that's okay. Just try it out. It's it's a really fun game of trial and error when it comes to self-taping because some places work great and some places don't. Some places are good on certain days when it's nice and sunny out and sometimes it's too dark because there's not enough natural light and so you have to mess around with the lights. What has worked for me is, and I, I, I say this from experience like, a lot of self-tapes over and over and over again. I work the quickest when I have a, when I have structure and when I have a standard 
operating procedure. And I hate using that because it's a very business corporate term. But what I mean is I have structure to how I approach all of my self-tapes. I have one backdrop and that backdrop is literally sitting in our kitchen right now on the wall. I like very rarely take it down because it's too annoying and I do too many self-tapes. So it's really helpful that I just have it up there and I don't have to stress about unpacking it and hanging it back up and making sure that it's like nice and ironed out and it looks neat. It's literally just sitting there in our kitchen. <laughs> it's become a staple and my sister and I go back and forth with it. I got that off Amazon. And like I said before, you don't necessarily need to invest in these things unless you see the benefit in them or unless you see yourself doing this a lot. Like I did not have a backdrop until 2021. And I think that's because I started seeing how many self-tapes I had to do. And when I saw some people using it and I saw how awesome their features popped and how good they looked with this simple backdrop, I figured why not let me invest in it it's going to give me a return on my investment eventually because of how many I'm bound to do in front of it so I ended up getting one of those self-tape backdrops I will link it in the show notes off Amazon it has a blue front and a gray back so it's interchangeable I have yet to use the gray just because the blue looks really good on my skin and with my blue eyes but it depends on who you are and how you feel if you're doing something that might be a little bit more dramatic. I love the gray because it's super drama and it it's it's just a little bit more it it gives more of a contrast. It's very bold. If you don't have a backdrop or you don't need to invest in that just yet, then just find a plain colored wall. I prefer finding a colored wall that's not super bright or distracting. Please be sure there's no posters or designs or anything behind you that's going to distract from the eye. It's okay if you have a little bit of design, but as long as it's not like super distracting and uh, contrasting to the rest of what you're doing, you're okay. You know, if it's a pink wall, if it's a purple wall, if it's a blue wall, if it's a gray wall, or if it's a white wall, it does not matter as long as it's plain and it's not distracting from your face. The goal, however, it's, is to find something that's not only distracting, but that complements you. So for me, what I had found before I got my self-tape backdrop was that I couldn't really self-tape in front of a white wall because I was so washed out. And I also had to be careful if I was self-taping against a blue wall and I wore a blue shirt or a black wall and I wore a black shirt because I looked like a floating head. So you want to be careful to find something that complements you rather than distracts from you and also fights with your skin tone or the color of the outfit that you decided to wear that day. Something else that's really, really important, I think, is one of the most important things about a self-tape is the lighting, just because uh, it can really distract. You know, if you have really poor lighting, um, and again, it does need to be a ring light, though I did get the ring light from Best Buy. Uh, it's the Sunpack ring light, and I freaking love it. There's also a cheaper version on Amazon that's really great, and you can change the color, you can change the hue of the light. But you don't need a ring light per se. You can use lamps. You can use natural light if you're standing in front of a window. But please do not stand in front of a window with 
uh, the window behind you. Stand with the window facing your face um, with the camera in between you and the window. Otherwise, if you have any sort of backlight behind you, it's going to be really, really distracting. And you'll see what I mean, especially those of you who've had iPhones for a long time or phones for a long time and know the difference between like decent quality and really poor quality lighting. Lastly, you want to make sure that your sound is okay. And this is important if you're singing along with a backtrack. So trial and error here. Don't send something that you haven't listened back to. And you might want to try it out before you submit anything because, or if you record and you feel like it's your best take, because sometimes, depending on where you have your music placed, where you have that backtrack placed when you're playing it back, it's going to overpower you as the singer. If you're recording with, you know, your phone, phones are really nice now. You know, they have really good quality video. So uh, it's not going to be too crazy if you have the sound where you're playing the sound close to your voice. If you have the sound, the output, the MP3 or whatever, close to where your camera is, it's going to really overpower you and you're not going to be able to hear yourself that well. You, if anything, you want to hear you much more than the accompaniment behind you. If anything, if you had to choose, I would choose that your voice would be heard more than the accompaniment because who needs to hear the accompaniment? <laughs> like if you're auditioning for something, the casting, yeah, they need to hear that you're able to keep up with the tempo and the rhythm of the song, but they don't need to hear how well their own pianist played the song. They want to hear you as the singer. Does that make sense? So make sure that the sound is appropriately placed so that it's not overpowering you. Now, I tried when I was, I remember doing my college audition self-tapes, and I remember trying it with the Blue Yeti microphone at the time, um, plugging that Blue Yeti microphone into the camera that I was recording my self-tape on so that you could hear me, and I really don't hear, like, phones are so good. You know, I don't think you need an external microphone now. I love my Blue Yeti microphone for podcast recording and for other things like voiceover recordings, which you might end up doing at some point in your life. I think Blue Yeti microphones are great, but I don't think you need an external microphone for this. Okay, so you got your setup all ready to go, right? You have good lighting, good sound quality or decent sound quality, and where do you put the camera? Well, it depends. So depending on how far you can set your camera away from you, you want to shoot for something between three quarters body to half your body. You want to make sure that you're able to showcase below your shoulders. And I would say about from your mid chest up. And that's just because if you get too close to the camera when you're, when you're doing a musical theater audition, Creative teams can't really tell if you're performing for the camera or if you're able to perform for a whole audience, especially if you are auditioning for a bigger show. Um, you want to give them the illusion that, yes, you're performing for the camera, but you also can fill a stage. This is not a TV and film audition, which is not far off from this, but it's a little bit different. If you're auditioning for a TV show or a film or a commercial, you can have the freedom to shoot a little bit closer to your body, to your face, 
Uh, and you can make choices that are a little bit more subtle because you don't have to play to an entire audience. But you still want to remember that this is an audition for a stage and not necessarily a camera. Uh, so you want to give the illusion to that you're able to perform for a whole audience. If you have the ring light, then just frame it so that you can't see any more than, um, you know, from your your waist up. Um, and you can just put that camera right in the ring light. Usually ring lights come with, you know, a little stand that you can put your phone if you have to get a little crafty, which I've had to do in the past, especially if I'm not with my ring light or a tripod, just stack up a couple of maybe your laundry basket, a trash basket, um, books, binders, whatever it is, your scripts, uh, so that you can have the illusion that you are also recording from a tripod and you, you are recording from your waist up. It's fine if you have someone standing there to film you. Um, it's just a little bit more preferred, at least for me to have it just sitting there instead of having someone stand there and hold the camera because, you know, they're human. And so they're going to move the camera a little bit. And that's not, that can be a little bit distracting. You usually have to film a slate, which, you know, you can just say your name, where you're from, what your union status is. A lot of this will all be asked in the descriptions for the, the, you know, the directions of your audition. But if you're not asked for anything in particular, just say your name and what you're auditioning for and any other pertinent information that you feel like is important to include. I usually just say, hi, my name is Maggie Barra. I'm five, five and a half, and I'm based right outside New York City in Hoboken, New Jersey. Here's my self tape for blah, blah, blah. And then I cut it off. Um, that's just really an easy, quick way to show like who you are outside of the character that you're portraying. And sometimes casting needs that information. Like they need to know how tall you are and you might not have it on your resume. So it's important to say it there. Before you hit start, before you hit record, make sure you like triple read the directions of your audition because sometimes they'll ask you to do everything all the way through in one take or in one tape. Sometimes they'll ask you to do separate takes. Sometimes they'll ask you to do the scene twice. Sometimes they'll ask you to just sing one song and put the slate in front of it. Sometimes they'll ask you to do it all separately. So you tape the slate, then you edit that and submit that. You tape the, the song and then you edit that together and submit that and you tape your monologue and you edit that. Whatever the directions say, please dear God, follow them because it's going to make casting a little bit nicer and happier in the long run. And it's going to help you because you show that you can follow directions. Okay. So you might be doing this all on your own, which is okay. Uh, that happens a lot. So you go ahead and hit start on your recording device. Um, it's okay to film from, if you're recording on your phone, it's okay to film in like selfie mode. Just make sure that you're filming in horizontal. Very rarely have I ever had to film vertically. Selfie mode is good in horizontal because you can see if you're about to go out of frame, you can see if you're centered. That's all great. Hit record, go on over, hit start on your music or whatever you gotta do. And then, where, oh, where do we advert our eyes? I have always been told to look just off camera, not to look directly at the camera unless I'm slating or unless I'm specifically breaking the fourth wall for whatever reason. 
Sometimes I do, just because the show calls for it, but very rarely. Most of the time I look just off the camera. That can be just off the left, just off the right, um, only above if you need to, and very rarely below the your eyeline of the camera because you don't want to lose your eyeline too much. You don't want to lose your eyes. Memorization is going to be your best friend here, again, because it'll help you not look down too much and not lose yourself in the material. Sing your song, have a strong finish. And then that's it. And it's okay if you sing the song and you're by yourself and then you have to end the song and then wait a second and then go over and hit end because you can always edit that out at the end, which I'll talk about in a second. But make sure that you're, you're you know, when you're watching back your, your song, pay attention to the little details that really make a difference. Pay attention to how your wardrobe choice looked on camera. Like it's not that it's not so important, but it could make a big difference if you notice that something might be a little too distracting or something maybe isn't coming off the way you wanted it to on camera. Sometimes I look at something and I go, "Oh, that would be a really great audition dress for that that particular role." And then I go on camera and I realize, "Oh, that's not great because that dress was sleeveless or that dress was um, strapless and it looks like I'm not wearing anything on top because of the way that the camera is cut. So be really careful about that so that nothing that you're wearing and nothing that you're doing is too um, distracting from the material. Of course, watch it back to make sure that you can hear yourself properly and see yourself the entire song or side that you're doing. And also just a, a reminder too with your eyeline, if you're reading dialogue with someone, it's okay to, again, look just off screen. If you have someone there reading the lines with you, reading the lines opposite you, you can look at them, have them centered right off camera so that you can just look right into their eyes to give the illusion that you're actually talking to someone on camera. And same thing with the music, make sure that their lines are not overpowering you so much, especially if they're standing right next to the camera. Okay, so now it comes to editing. So if you have a Mac, you're in luck because um, iMovie is really, really easy to use. It's really easy to edit your videos and and download them and just submit them uh, right on your computer. Um, I, because I use this app for my work and for other things, I use an app called Wondershare Filmora. It's just another movie editing app and uh, it allows me to edit everything real quick and add some extra touches and flair to it. Um, I've seen people add their name to all of their audition tapes, like the text of their name. I've seen people add their character that they're auditioning for to the bottom left-hand corner of their tape or the song they're singing or the side they're performing. You can do all of that. Just just choose what works best for you. Like sometimes I won't put anything at all if I'm able to label everything directly on, you know, if I'm uploading the material to YouTube or Google Drive or Dropbox or even Actors Access and I can label everything there. When you are submitting everything, really make sure to label everything properly. Um, sometimes, again, directions will tell you exactly how to label things. But otherwise, if you're not otherwise told what to say or do when it comes to labeling, please, dear God, remember to include your name, the character, or what piece of material you're, you're doing at that time. If anything, don't forget your name. 
because they might not know who the hell you are and then you submitted your material and then it all goes for nothing because casting doesn't know who you are. Double and triple check your editing. Make sure you're not cutting off any of the scene or any of the song. Make sure that you're not leaving in any extra material, you know, make sure you're cutting the ends of your audition tapes and you're not picking your nose at the end or burping or doing something silly like I do after every single tape. Uh, And just make sure that you like the tape. You know, you don't have to record it a million times. People usually tell me and, and tell students to record it three times and, and you're done. Um, I can't say confidently that I've recorded everything three times and then been done with it. I am a perfectionist and I really want to make sure that my self tapes are good. But if you start to get a little frustrated, take a step away. Like go get some water, go watch an episode of something and just forget about it for a sec. Go take a walk. Don't kill yourself over it. Um, return when you're ready. Film it one more time or two more times when you're ready. But don't go overboard because just because you have more opportunities to get something right or perfect doesn't mean you should. I mean, auditions are auditions. We're not perfect every time we walk into the in-person space and audition. So you don't need to be perfect when you submit a self-tape. I know I covered a hell of a lot today and I spoke a lot, but if you have more questions about self-tapes, feel free to DM me at Maggie Barra or at Actor Aesthetic. I will try to answer all of your questions. If you have more topic suggestions, send them my way to at Maggie Barra or at Actor Aesthetic on Instagram. You can email me at Maggie at ActorAesthetic.com and please hit the review button. Give me some five stars if you think these episodes have been helpful for you. I love to see when you're sharing them on Instagram. You can tag me at Actor Aesthetic uh, so I can see who's following along with me on your story. You can share the podcast with your friends, anyone who you think might find this helpful and might let make them feel a little bit less alone. I love you all. It takes a village. I will see you next week. Okay.